Welcome back to another episode of This Is Not The Way. Uh, my name is Chris and I'm here with Courtney. And today we're going to start with Qantas. So they've been in the news for all the wrong reasons. Their CEO has decided to go a couple of months early. Fair enough. But basically, the two things that have happened is they've been caught selling tickets to flights that they had already decided were cancelled. So in a sense, selling selling a product to someone where the product doesn't exist, you're never going to receive it. And also they've been in fair work where they lost a case uh, all the way, I think, to the High Court, which is that they illegally stood down a whole bunch of workers um, during, during COVID pandemic and lockdown times, but they basically weren't able to do that under our legislation. So, Courtney, uh, what do you think about what's happened with Mr. Joyce, uh, should Chairman Richard Goida step down? And how do you wrap up the ethics around what Qantas have done in terms of selling tickets to flights that don't exist? So should Richard, it's interesting, Richard Goida, I've always admired, followed him. He's, he's been a really good, strong, straight down the line corporate leader. But the reality is if you oversee this kind of behavior, you're done. You, you cannot continue on because he can either, it's the a few good men dilemma, right? If, you've, if you watch A Few Good Men, the fellow either ordered the code red and therefore made it happen and therefore authorized the bad behavior, or he didn't know it happened. And therefore, if you're the lead commander and it happens on your watch and you don't even know, you're incompetent. So you're either unethical or incompetent, maybe both. And the writing's on the wall. He has to go. Which one do you think he is then? If you're, if you're putting it down to these He's two. demonstrated. He doesn't come across as incompetent. He doesn't come across as incompetent. <clears throat> he has to know that either this thing happened or he didn't dig deep enough because it was happening and he didn't want to know. He is a very, very clever man. There's no way this... If he'd said, I only expect the absolute best, don't muck around. So I'm pretty sure he was in charge. He was around with Kmart, Target, stuff like that. Yeah, he's West Farmers. Go yeah. back five, ten years... These target guys, they, they started fudging the, the numbers with their suppliers to, to hit a profit target. He mm. slaughtered them. They all got cleaned out. We don't act like that. That's not us. So the idea that he didn't know and doesn't act firmly, I'm not convinced. What about the fact, though, that in these situations, your job as a senior executive is to make sure that a board member is not put under pressure where they're forced to do something to do that you don't tell them. I th of course, they won't do a briefing like that. So there's some willful blindness. You can ask questions. You can always, if you're a director, there's always people in the organization who are frustrated, who want to blow the whistle, who want to tell you what's really going on. You can create your little networks where you gather this information. You, you know, think in the old days, you had your spy chief. This person can easily tap on the right shoulders to find out what's really going on and say, how good is this? Interestingly, with going back to the target case and that manipulations that happened then, they set very high targets and great expectations. And if you don't meet them, you're out. So what might have happened here is these Qantas people are expected to make huge profits and they weren't. So they did whatever it took to hit the target. So he might have actually created the environment, not, not deliberately focusing on an ethical, but created the environment where people were willing to do anything to hit the target. Otherwise, the boss cleans them out. Well, yeah, as, as Joyce was saying before in his last couple of interviews, 
interviews before he left, you know, we were on the line. Yes, we've done another great profit, but we were basically broke. The world shut down. We're an airline. So as they're coming out of it, there would have been KPI pressure yeah. to drag back whatever you, you can. It's still very expensive to fly. Accommodation is very expensive in, in a lot of the world at the moment for people that can get away because businesses are trying to claw back some of what they've what they've lost. I think you've got to claw it back, but you've got to ask yourself, is this okay? And and the dumbest thing, and this frustrates me so much, is the long-term brand damage. Everyone's like, Qantas can't be trusted. Qantas will screw you. Qantas will sell you a ticket on a flight that doesn't exist, but not tell you it's been cancelled for 45 days so that it's closer and closer to departure date, so you pay a higher price. But Qantas doesn't have any competition. Where do I, Where else do I go? Qatar just yeah. got locked out. Exactly. And they did disgusting stuff to those women yeah. in Doha. Yeah. But that is a separate issue to yeah. then being told, no, you can't have more, you can't have more flights to Australia. So that, it's that, that fine line. We want people to be competitive and aggressive, and that's, that's capitalism at work, and that's what creates efficiencies, improvements, and lowers prices. Yep. And then all of a sudden you get this, I'm going to screw someone. I'm going to screw my customers. Hang on. I need these customers to keep buying my tickets for the next 10 or 20 years. Why would you, why would you sacrifice so much long-term reputation and money to make a few extra dollars. Simple test. Uh, would you be happy with this on the front page of the news? And these these idiots, it was on the front page of the news and no one thinks they can be trusted. I mean, if Goida doesn't go, who cares? Every time people meet with him, what's their impression? I mean, my impression of him previously was, you know, hard man, competent man, great leader. Now my impression is... Maybe unethical. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to go and work for an organisation like that. I don't want to be under... I'm not going to work for an organisation that screws its customers. I like doing a good job. A happy customer pays me money, we make profit. It's pretty simple. Most employees actually enjoy that. Why wouldn't you give them the opportunity? I guess on the flip side, my question to you, you know, Joyce is leaving, there's a huge celebration, but he's been around a long time. What are, what are his best achievements? Because it's a bit like Daniel Andrews. He leaves and everyone either loves or hates. I think it's more complicated than that. He came in, Qantas by then really wasn't, a government culture anymore but it's always difficult when you have these companies that started as public get privatized like uh, our health insurers <laughs> I'm I can easily say run uh, their internal cultures like a bloody government department um, and and people inside those organizations senior people have told me well yeah what do, what do you think Medibank private was a government department and that culture even though those people have left stays I think Joyce was a bit, maybe he was a bit after that. They'd already beaten that out. But what he did was, yeah, he took on the pilots. He took on the, the unions, all of them. He pulled a trigger that's not been done by many CEOs anywhere in the world. I will mm. shut down my company in order to put, slap you back into position. It goes back to the waterfront thing with Peter yeah. Reith. Exactly, I was actually about to say, we, we, we did exactly the same things on the waterfront. And yet that was seen as different because wharfies are a bit tougher and stronger and they had a really strong union behind them. So they're a bit intimidating. Whereas yeah. this time it was pilots and air hostesses. But, but both won. I mean, the, yeah. the, the union, the maritime union lost the waterfront because yeah. although, although they will celebrate, well, we picketed until there was a deal. The deal was not in their favour. Yeah. Patrick's got what yeah. they pretty much wanted yeah. Yeah. and probably more than they expected. Yeah. And they had to wear the PR and the brunt and the, the violence, which was pretty much the unions versus the police. 
and they had to have their Dubai, Dubai train people come mm-hmm. in and whatnot. But yeah, in the end, they won. And in the end, Joyce, Joyce won. And yep. so he made the airline a lot more efficient and effective. He made his business run that, smoothly. That it ran well. If you look at what's happening in the United States or in Britain, you know, in Europe, EasyJet, places like that, you know, they turn their planes around in 30 minutes. If you tried to do that in the 90s in Australia, mm. it didn't happen. We were majorly inefficient because no one was under any pressure. So we like planes to be cheap. I mean, you can fly around Australia so cheap now because of competition. They, they normally, I mean, there's often delays and whatever, but these planes move quickly because people can do your check-in, then they, they're at the gate, then they, they're your flight attendant all in one. So all of those job descriptions and demarcations that Qantas used to have, they've all been blown up. And when we want an efficient economy, we have to blow up these massively bureaucratic, pointless ways of doing work, which have just been put in place to protect employees, generate more money. Yeah. So yeah. that blowing that stuff up, absolutely fantastic. And this is where you and I, we can see we sit politically a bit in the middle because I'm not anti-union, but I've also in my career experienced uh, the union frustrating <laughs> Uh, a company being able to run effectively, stopping people um, who should be removed for doing some very poor practices or totally illegal, inappropriate things. And you run into those situations going, blimey, this is, this is not ethical. This is not the right way. On the other side, um, employers in a, in a capitalist economy will use the classical view of ethics and if that involves screwing over yeah. um, employees, they, yeah. they will do that. And yeah. so they have to be held held to account. Exactly. I mean, exploiting and screwing people over. Out, if something's too risky or dangerous to do in Australia and we have occupational health and safety laws, I know, just outsource it to a country that has no protection laws. That's, yeah. that's what we do. That's why we need these protections through the supply chain. And that's why, you know, I'm in the middle as well. I... I can't stand the idea in the United States where you have this fire at will. You can you can be working at an organisation for years. You can be terminated immediately yeah. without cause. Yeah, that's awful. And yet in Australia, it sometimes goes too far because it's, it's so incredibly difficult to remove someone that's harming a business. And I would much rather a sweet spot in the middle. Yep. So the last thing to wrap up this episode, um, the, voice. The, the voice. voice. What are your thoughts? I think I'm going to be very, very sad that, that it's not going to get up. And I think the symbolism is really important. And we are getting caught up in this idea of, oh, there's so much fear and nervousness. What if, what if we acknowledge that this is important and right, but it could expose us to... What if they have a say or they change things or they wreck it for us? So there's so much fear mongering that stopping people do what is right. That's mm. what I think. What are your thoughts? Pretty much the same. It, it hasn't got a hope in hell now. And um, I think when we got to the point of uh, Senator Price and Warren Mundine saying colonialism hasn't had that much effect. Warren Mundine was at the press club the other day saying most wow. black fellas have got it fine. They're doing yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, mate, you, are you seriously going to stand there and betray your own people? Oh. Bet- betray everything that they're screaming out for, yeah. everything that's going wrong because you care more about your personal ambitions um, 
So, so to give you an idea on that, which, which drives me nuts, uh, if you look at I, I, the stats I saw just the other day, there's let's say three or four percent of the Australian population identifies as in Indigenous. Uh, the people in prison in Victoria, I think, is thirty odd percent. Yeah. Right. They are not doing fine, and some people might be fine, and and this is that whole idea of of moderate. Like, it's not a law and order issue when that there's something going wrong fundamentally in the way life's being done, the social structures, all those things. Now, I have no idea what the solutions are, but I know that we have to start by acknowledging. Now, now some people say, oh, there's no point doing it because it's not tangible or practical. Well, guess what? You can still do tangible and practical things. Mm. It's not like either or. It's not like we can do the voice or we can invest but the in no domestic violence. the no campaign made it that perfectly. They did. And that's that lack of nuance and people are so easily led. Yep. We can do symbolism, right? Go to the grand final. It's... 50% of the day is symbolism and then there's a game of football. But they have the parades and they march the cup around and we we say things and we sing the anthem at the front. This is our chance of saying some bad shit went down and there's some real work to do for, for restoration and reconciliation and rebuilding. And if you don't start at the beginning, where do you start? So it is the acknowledgement that this hasn't been great, what can we do now? Mm. And then you talk practical, tangible, right? Because so, they all acknowledge that everything hasn't been working so far. Yes yeah. and no side. And that's what's so interesting. They all yeah. acknowledge, yeah, it hasn't worked. Okay. okay, it hasn't worked. Oh, yeah, but this won't work either. But this is not actually about all of the things that haven't been implemented properly. Yeah. This is about fundamentally providing providing a, a, a res, almost a respect as well and a yeah. base and a voice. Yeah. It's simply a voice. Yeah. And I do wonder, they talked about the fact that the, the Labor Party would not come out with the details about it, but I kind of understood it from their perspective. As soon as they released yeah. more than the question, it was going to be exactly. torn apart. It would. Because but then they, yeah. the no campaign yeah. were clever yeah. in going, oh, well, because you're not releasing details, yeah. therefore it's all rubbish. And, and, and that's why we lost the, the when there was the Republic referendum. It, they, the, the no campaign were really clever. They kept sort of arguing, oh, you know, the model you've put up isn't great. Yeah, so even right. if you're for, for a Republic, not this one. And, and it's funny how... I think it was, that was in their heads, humans I'm Humans are sure, so scared. To, to, I mean, there's yeah. the Greens voting down policies that were going to help us bring in carbon trading. Okay, let's vote it down because it's not perfect. It, how amazing is that self-sabotage? But that's what we did with the Republic. It's what yep. we're doing now. Oh, it's not perfect. It's not exactly what we want. That's crap. You, yeah. you just, the reality is, like, it's like saying sorry. Now, you know, I'm a Zimbabwean immigrant whose heritage comes from Germany, South Africa, and England. So when there's National Sorry Day, right, can I be sorry for stuff that happened before I lived in Australia? I'm not a historical Australian, I'm not anything, but I am genuinely sorry for the pain, the anguish, the frustration, the breakages, the just bad stuff went down. I can still ache for that and want to acknowledge that and want something to grow that's healthy from that. Mm. The idea that, oh, I don't have to say sorry, I did nothing wrong. It's not a personal, I screwed up, I didn't go and belt some dude in the head. That's not the point. And, and I think we're hitting the same issue. This idea of, yes, we, we need to fix this. Now, it's not simple. It's complicated but you've got to start somewhere. And, and if we don't do this, 
that's going to weigh heavy in 20 or 30 years time oh, nothing, our kids gonna are going to be like what the hell is yeah. wrong with you yeah i mean look at us so us... they should say that whether it's climate change or things like this they, but they just should said... be the ones getting up and say you are pathetic you we are what pathetic. Would we be old retirees yep you screwed it for us yep you're you so worried that maybe they could... first nations people <laughs> you screwed it for your own yeah um yeah. Your, your own self-interest in a way. But, but yet, yeah, the no, no campaign's won But easily. we just, only a few years ago, we did the marriage plebiscite, right? And we people finally like, oh, yeah, like, we can do this thing. Yeah. It, um, so yet we, I feel like we've socially regressed um, because in our kids are already saying, what the hell was wrong with all you parents? Why are you so homophobic? Why are you so messed up? Like, they can't understand where that came from. And that's, that's what's coming for us. Like, yet we had enough awareness to vote yes, you know, for the, the, um, the gay marriage plebiscite, but we're missing the mark here. Yeah. We're, we're going to be embarrassed in, well, embarrassed now, but we're going to be more embarrassed in 10 or 20 years. I was hoping that once you're in the, the ballot box, everyone has that moment of quiet where you've got your two little bits of cardboard, yeah. your cardboard ears there. And in this case, you're actually just reading a, quite a simple question. The wording of it is actually fine. The, the whether when people are just reading that simple question, they might slightly come to their senses and just read it and go, oh, it kind of makes sense. Like, what what is actually wrong with voting yes? That's what I hoped for, but I think it's been so it's been so muddied, and you need you know, a majority of the vote, and you need a majority of the states. And WA and Queensland are, are already very much <laughs> new way. Yeah. Um, and when you've got Man, when you've got supposed respected Aboriginal figures, senators and ex-senators in Parliament standing up and saying things like uh, First Nations people have not been treated that badly. Colonialism didn't have that much impact. People are doing okay. As in our Aboriginal people are doing okay. Wow. Like that's almost a slam dunk. And and it's hard to comprehend, isn't it? But yet that that is a habitual pattern of people... Sometimes take the opposite ground. They take the ground. It's it's a bit like uh, in in the United States. There are whole you know Trump's incredibly sort of abusive and <laughs> into some races and to to disable people and all this stuff. And yet there's always people in those communities who jump behind him mm. and kind of like put themselves up for a beating. It's it's quite extraordinary. He gets a sizable black vote. Yeah, which is. Um yeah, which is yeah. interesting, isn't yeah. it? Because um, while he says, you know, that the, the, the guy that drove the car killing black people through the rally, the Confederate yeah. flags on yeah. cars and, yeah. you know, oh, the Proud Boys, oh, you guys are, you know, you're, yeah. you're standing up for American rights and that's good. Yeah. And you sort of think, how could you be African-American and vote? For and vote guy? for that. How can you be, you know, all Mexican, you know, Mexican rapists? Yeah. You know, all Mexicans are rapists, seems to... Just, that's the kind of stuff that comes Jesus. out and people are like oh yeah cool cool and, and I know in part of their mind they're like oh it's just hyperbole he's just being dramatic but it's like hang on there's a, there's a real hate there's a people take this on board and they start accepting this way of talking and behaving yep. and from talking comes action you know we bloody hell <laughs> look at this we screwed up the 20th century and millions of people died let's, let's not go back there <laughs> good way to finish All right. right. Thank you. Have a good day. We'll rant some more next time.